Hello again, everybody. It is actually Friday, and it's our Friday update. For the first time in a while, we've actually getting the Friday update out on a Friday, so uh, that's nice. Um, today's topic, uh, again, it's weird how things pop up. Uh, you get the same call on the same issue that you haven't discussed with anyone for months or even years, and you get a couple, three calls on it all in one week, and that's what happened this week. And we're going to back to our old good friend's death certificates. And this issue, to some extent, it, it, from a legal sense, it's not your problem, but we know it is your problem because the families are going to be coming to you. And it has to do with when there's a cause of death that is under investigation and the coroner or medical examiner uh, can't put down a cause of death and therefore there is no death certificate. And the issue is, can the coroner or medical examiner put down on a death certificate as cause of death pending investigation? Well, the answer is yes, they can do that. That's right there on the form. It's right there. The coroner, it's perfectly legal. It's in the regulations. The coroner can put down as cause of death pending investigation, and then the death certificate can be filed. The family can get a death certificate. They can use that to get into the bank accounts. They can use that to get into the safe deposit box. They can use that to get veterans benefits and all that stuff. There are some insurance companies that sometimes will balk at a uh, death certificate that says uh, pending investigations uh, because they might be worried about suicide, murder, things like that. Uh, but at least for most of the reasons that people need to have a death certificate, pending investigation on a death certificate works. And then the idea is then once the investigation is over and the medical examiner or coroner has an actual cause of death, we just change the death certificate, you amend it, and you put that cause of death in there. It's not a big deal. That is legal. But, big but, it doesn't happen. Now, those of you who've been around longer, a lot longer than me, uh, will will remember, because I've been told this, that back in the day, it was very common for a coroner to put on a death certificate pending investigation. And you could get the death certificates that way. Somewhere along the way, they stopped doing that. Why they stopped doing that, I don't know. Uh, maybe they didn't want to have to deal with the uh, the amendments to it later on. I'm not sure. Um I don't know exactly when that happened or why it happened, but the fact of the matter is you do just do not see coroners putting down pending investigation on death certificates. And that means you can't release that death certificate to the state. And that means the family can't get a death certificate and it causes people problems all over the place. What can you do about it? Not a whole lot. Uh, if the coroner is in your area or that's dealing with this death certificate for some reason thinks that pending investigation is not a proper uh, thing to put in the cause of death, you can uh, encourage them to call vital records here in Jefferson City. Because if they call vital records in Jefferson City, vital records will tell them, yes, you can do that. There's, you can put down pending investigation and we will generate a death certificate. But as I always say, the coroner or medical examiner is a uh, king or queen of the deceased uh, in, in that particular county or counties. And 
at least with coroners, especially, they are elected officials and vital records has no authority to force them to do anything. In Missouri, we do not have a state medical examiner like some states do. And that some states have a state medical examiner that can override what a local coroner does or create a death certificate for some reason. Can't we don't have that. So the coroner is the person who is in charge. They're an elected official. Uh, medical examiners are hired by the county commission. Uh, but again, you can't, the vital records doesn't have any power over the county commissions either. So forcing, it's very difficult to force uh, somebody to do a death certificate. Uh, I hope that once the this training, that extra dollar that goes into the, uh, that goes on, that's been tacked on to the death certificates, that all that, that $1 extra, that's all going into a fund. And that fund is dedicated for more education, more training for coroners. And I hope that when they start doing that, that perhaps one of the things that will be done is maybe vital records can come out and talk to the coroner's group or a, a seminar or however they're going to do this and, and talk to them about uh, that this is permissible, this is legal, and how important it can be to a family to get a death certificate. Um, one of the problems we have, and this goes back 100 years, with death certificates. And so if you want to understand, you know, a little bit of the, the problem is death certificates were not created for the purpose of getting into a safe deposit box. Death certificates were not created for the purpose of transferring title to your car. They were created so the state of Missouri has a count of the people who died and why they died. That's what it was. The rest of the world decided to use death certificates for all these other purposes. All right. So if you just look at the bare statutes and regulations, they don't really contemplate on their on their face the need that has been developed over the years for these death certificates in a timely fashion for all these other things. You know, if, this, if, it, if the only thing that death certificates were used for, the only thing they were used for is so the state of Missouri had statistics on why people were passing away, it wouldn't matter if it took six months or a year to get that death certificate finalized, if that was the only thing they were used for. But they're not. We know that. They're used for hundreds of other things. Uh, and that's not, you know, the statute's fault in per se, because the statutes, some of them were written more than 100 years ago when you're talking about keeping track of death. So uh, that's the problem we're faced. So what do you do? Well, there's, there, there's not much you can do directly, legally, uh, from a legal process or anything like that that can be done. Uh, about your only option, the only option is if the family is in distress about this, is for the family to try to contact the coroner the medical examiner, the county commission, if it's a, if it's that, and try to have the family explain why this is, you know, you could do it too, but it's, it obviously it's, it makes a much bigger impact if it comes from the family as to why this death certificate is important. Uh, the family can, you and the family, you can call vital records and vital records. I have no doubt because they're doing, I think a good job of this will contact people, doctors, coroners, other certifiers, and explain to them, you know, this is what you can do, but they can't force anybody to do it. So it almost has to be pressure from the ground up. Nothing, nothing from the top down 
can require a coroner to, to do this. But perhaps, if you're lucky, pressure from the ground up might be able uh, to get something done. Again, pending investigation is an appropriate and permissible uh, cause of death to put on there on a death certificate. Family can get death certificates to do most of what they need death certificates for. But I know it's not being done. You know it's not being done. When this exactly stopped, why it exactly stopped, I don't know. I've heard people tell me different things over the years that this is what happened. I don't know. Um, I have no proof or documentation or anything like that. So your guess is as good as mine. Uh, unless you're a coroner out there, maybe you know. <laughs> we, we do know, of course, many funeral directors are also coroners or coroners are funeral directors. If you know why this isn't being done, give me a call. Explain it to me. Um, there might be a very good reason that I don't know about. Uh, so let me know if, uh, if, if there's a really good reason why coroners are not, for whatever reason, on a routine basis doing these uh, pending investigations. Uh, there might be some things to do with the regulations or the statutes that, uh, if, that could uh, encourage people to do this or make it easier to do this. We're going to look into that to see if there's something we can do there. Perhaps there needs to be some more protection for people in the process when there's a pending. I don't know. If somebody's got a good idea how to fix this, let me know. Let us know here at the office because for some reason, all of a sudden we get a couple, three calls this last week or two, all dealing with families that can't get death certificates because there is a pending investigation and they do not have a cause of death. So the death certificate cannot be released. Another thing on death certificates, if you fill out a death certificate, you will note that it, the death certificate form still has on there a place for the embalmer. That was an interesting thing that uh, I noticed a long time ago when I first got here, is that the death certificates have a place to put the embalmer information and, and signature. And nothing in the statute requires that. If you take a look at the statutes on death certificate, it lists. This is the following information that is to be on a death certificate. Boom, 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 boom. Embalmer is not mentioned there anywhere. There were some regulations that kind of implied it should be done, but the regulations are not allowed. A regulation is not allowed to add things that the statute doesn't require. They can flush it out. They can add details. They can do a, make the procedures of how we implement this. But a regulation cannot go beyond the statute, and the statute has never required embalmer information on the death certificate. Well, we cleared up the regulation problem, but it's still on the death certificate. Well, that's getting fixed. OK, uh, don't stress out about that. Uh, there are going to be new forms that come out. I hope it's probably around the first of the year. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Vital Records is uh, right now they're trying to hire more people. They got a lot of stuff going on. They're trying to implement a new Moever system. They're, uh, uh, they want a new computer system, both not just for Moevers, but their internal computer, which is ancient. It's programmed in COBOL. I don't know how many out there had COBOL. In high school or college, I did. That just shows you how old we are if, if you used to program in COBOL. Uh, but the uh, the underlying system at Vital Records is programmed in COBOL. That's how old it is. And they're working on that. So they got a lot of stuff going on. And one of them is to update the forms. And uh, we've been told that, yes, that embalmer information is going to go away. So, uh, so that's good news. So don't worry about that. Also on death certificates, um, as you know, for those people who use our office to help uh, process the death certificates, 
Oh, we still do need a letter that authorizes me to sign the amendment. If I'm going to sign the amendment, I need a letter from the funeral home that authorizes Don Otto to sign the death certificates. Now, it used to be we had to have a brand new letter for every single deceased that listed the deceased name and date of death. We don't need that anymore. We can have a generic letter that's signed by all the people at your funeral home who do death certificates that authorizes Don Otto to uh, sign the amendment on the death certificates. And you don't need to list a specific name. One letter takes care of it. But we do need to have the signatures of the people on there. And we do need to have the date. That letter needs to be dated. If the letter's not dated, it won't work. We'll have to get a new one. Also, the, you want to have everybody who can possibly do a death certificate on there sign that generic uh, universal letter because they do check to make sure that the person who did the original death certificate is the one authorizing me to sign. Uh, sometimes, of course, the person who did the original death certificate isn't with your funeral home anymore. That's okay. We can work around that. But we will need an additional uh, note, letter, email, or something that explains that the person who did this death certificate no longer works for us. We've had situations where a funeral home's gone out of business. They're not there anymore. And another funeral home in town is helping people out. They don't have to do this, but they're being they're being good people. They're being good funeral directors. They're helping their community and they're trying to help a family amend a death certificate. Well, shoot, not only is that funeral director not around, the funeral home isn't around. Again, Vital Records is fine with that. They just need some sort of explanation as to, and this is, this, this is the same if you do it yourself. If you send an affidavit from your funeral home and the person signing the affidavit was not the person who did the original death certificate and that person's long gone, you will need to provide Vital records was they're they're not they're not being jerks about this they're not being you know a draconian about it they just need something that says uh, our funeral home has taken over this case we're helping the family the original funeral director is no longer alive or no longer employed or we don't even know where the where they are because we 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 did one we did one just recently uh, where the original death certificate was filed in 1947. The original death certificate was filed in 1947, and the family wanted the death certificate amended. We got it done. They have to go pull that one out of the file because uh, that's uh, that's in the archives. We got it done, but obviously the original funeral director was not around. I don't. I think on that one, the original funeral home wasn't even around. It got done, but we just needed to have a little explanation uh, as to what's going on there. Once again, if we're doing the uh, amendment for you and you need us to try to get it expedited because of some emergency, we will need a letter for our files that says here's what the emergency is. The fact the family's mad that the middle name is wrong, that's not an emergency. Unfortunately, the fact the funeral home hasn't gotten paid yet, that's not an emergency. But if somebody is facing a, a financial hardship, because they don't have a good death certificate, they can't get into the bank account, they can't get the insurance, there is a probate problem. Again, one of the ones I always point, one of my best examples is at one point in time, this was a, a year or so ago, uh, we had a, a, a body that was a stuck at Lambert Airport being shipped overseas. And um, 
it uh, turned out it couldn't be shipped overseas. Uh, it, it wouldn't be accepted because there was a problem with the the name on the death certificate. Uh, we got that one done real quick because the people of Vital Records understood that that is a real problem if it's sitting right there at the airport and it can't leave. Uh, but we do need to have some sort of documentation. It doesn't have to be extensive. You don't have to go into a great big long history. But we just need to have something that says the family needs this expedited because blank. Here's the, the financial hardship that they're dealing with. All that's kept confidential. Uh, we just have to have that because the because of uh, the regulations and and how things are being done over at Vital Records. So those are those are that's the update on Vital Records. Um, as far as the overall computer system being revamped, it's still going to be for the they're working on it in pieces. Some parts are going to get better. Like I said, the, uh, the the new forums hopefully will be out around the first of the year, the end of this year. But uh, that takes a lot of work because obviously with electronic, you can't just print off a new piece of paper. You have to have the whole computer system formatted and all that. It'll be a couple of years before the entire system is revamped, but they have the money to do it. Uh, and they're working on it. So that's so that's good news as well. Um, one other thing, I had a, yet another good question about the funeral rule, uh, about uh, third party caskets. Uh, and it was had to do with the waste material that comes with a third party casket. And depending on where the casket comes from and depending on how it's shipped to you, it's quite possible that you have a whole bunch of junk left over the box, the crate, the packing material. And you and there's some people that need to load that in the back of a truck and take it out to the dump. And it costs you money to dump all that. The question is, can you charge the family for that? And the basic answer is no, you can't. Um, you have to treat uh, a third party casket coming into your funeral home just like you would a casket that comes from one of your normal suppliers, Batesville, Aurora, Criswell and any of any of the any of the suppliers. You have to treat it the same way. And of course, I have never seen a funeral home that charged uh, a family uh, a waste disposal charge on a casket that they get from their normal supplier. Now, you'll tell me right away, well, wait a minute. <laughs> the only waste material we get from our normal supplier is maybe a big plastic bag that, that covers the casket and you can wad that up and put it in your regular trash. I know. You, you, you got to remember that government, not just with funeral homes, not with just the funeral profession, government regulations don't always make sense. And government regulations aren't always fair. They don't always treat one industry the same as another profession, even though the risks of somebody being taken advantage of are greater in one or less than the other. That it, that's not how it works. Somewhere along the way, there were issues with funeral homes, apparently. And so in the 1980s, these rules were all put in place because the federal government felt that consumers needed special protection dealing with funeral homes that they don't need when dealing with other uh, professions because some of these rules we have nothing you know no nobody else has to follow these but uh, but you do um, call your congressman that's uh, you know that's the old that's the old phrase Congress I could tell you though probably doesn't want to have to deal with it because you know that's uh, that's all been pushed off onto the Federal Trade Commission and uh, so it's out of sight, out of mind for most of them. Uh, every now and then something pops up uh, where it's a, a, a good supporter, a good friend or family member of a senator or congressman, and they might make an issue of it. 
But like we said, the, the funeral rule is going to stay in place. So again, the general rule is you must treat those third party caskets just the same and you should not be charging a disposal fee for the waste. I, even if it costs you more money, that's just how it is. Uh, sorry about that. Wish I could fix it, but we can't fix that. Okay, we are coming up on the legislative season soon. Uh, as we ta- as we pointed out before, we are going to have a, uh, a legislative package. Uh, it has to be approved by the board, of course, our, our Missouri Funeral Directors and Bomber Association board, and, and we're going to have some meetings to go over that. Uh, if you see anything out there that you think need to be changed or you think should be addressed, let us know, and we will bring it up and the board will take a look at it. We have done that in the past. We have had a number of items that nobody else had thought of that's a problem, but a funeral director out there said, hey, this is an issue. And uh, we were able to, sometimes it takes a year or two the way the legislature works, but uh, eventually we were able to take care of some of those things. For example, a few years ago, well, a number of years ago now, we uh, clarified and streamlined and made much clearer the issues dealing with funeral processions. Some of the funeral procession laws were really old, okay? And they they required that you have a flag on the antenna of every car in the funeral procession. That was in the law. That was still in the law fairly recently. Cars don't have antennas anymore. You could, there was no place to put a flag. So, um, and again, that, that uh, suggestion to take care of that came from one of our uh, funeral directors, uh, who uh, had ran into that. Again, there's a lot of old laws on the books that aren't enforced, but every now and then someone tries to enforce them and that's where they pop up. And so uh, if you run across something like that and you think that there is a legislative or regulatory fix, let us know and we'll talk to you about it and we will review it again. Everything that we do has to be approved by our board. Uh, or you can also bring it up at our annual convention which again, here's the plug for that. It's at the end of May. We've got some great speakers coming in. It's going to be a really good time. We've got a lot of things planned. We are looking at seeing if we can go see a Cardinal game uh, the Sunday of the convention. So if you, when, when, if we if we can lock that in, look for that in your mail and the emails when that comes out because the Cardinal games, when we rent a party room, those always sell out really quick only have so many people and they always sell out. The reason we can't lock it in yet is although the schedule is out for next year, the only day we could do this is a Sunday and it's against the Dodgers. And there's a strong likelihood that that game might get shifted to the Sunday night game of the week. Right now it's scheduled at like 1.15 in the afternoon, which would be really easy to handle. If it gets shifted to the evening game, the Sunday night game of the week for the, for the networks, that creates more problems. So that's, that's why we haven't been able to lock that in yet. But if we can, we will. And watch out for the, the updates on that. So that's all we have today. Not a good long one, but that's good. Because for those of you particularly that are listening in your car and your podcast, uh, you can listen to this uh, without, without having to sit in the parking lot and waiting for me to finish. Uh, so that's all we have today. If you have any questions on this, if you have more comments on the funeral rule, people keep coming up with great questions on this, uh, call us. And we might address it in, uh, hopefully, the next one. But watch out. Next Friday is Veterans Day, the 11th. This office is closed. It's a state holiday. Our office is closed on the state holidays. We will not be having a 
video broadcast next Friday. We will try to do it next Thursday, especially if anything pops up. And don't forget, of course, next Tuesday is Election Day. Uh, we will be open. That's not a holiday, but uh, I will be stopping in before work to vote and everybody else should, too. So until Election Day, until Veterans Day, until we see you again, have a good week and stay safe.